0: Coming up. This is not like her to disappear. She's very close to her family. She talks to them all the time. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. And I'm Reed Redman. You're listening to The Daily Crime. New details in the mysterious case of the new mom who was visiting family in metro Atlanta and then suddenly vanished.
1: Police in Indiana and Georgia are searching for a mother who went missing over two weeks ago, and her husband, who filed the missing persons report, is a person of interest. He's also now behind bars, charged in connection to an unrelated case. As
0: far as I know, there's no evidence she was ever back
1: in Indiana.
0: And in Atlanta, a nurse is headed to prison for failing to save a dying man seen begging for help on a hidden camera video nearly eight years ago.
1: It's been nearly eight years since 89-year-old James Dempsey died at a metro Atlanta nursing home. His family always suspected something criminal happened. Because they installed a hidden camera in his room, they finally proved it.
0: Sierra Breland was last seen in Georgia at the end of February But her husband actually filed the missing persons report a week later in their hometown of Carmel, Indiana. Will, bring us up to speed on this case.
1: Yeah, 31-year-old Sierra and 37-year-old Xavier live in Indiana. They went to visit family in Georgia at the end of February. They had their five-month-old baby with them. And after being in Georgia for a few weeks, as our understanding, she was then last seen at her mother-in-law's home in Johns Creek, Georgia. So that would be Xavier's mother. This is just outside of Atlanta, northeast of Atlanta, on the evening of February 24th. So that's when we have any indication of when she was really last seen. We don't know who saw her or whether that was picked up on video surveillance or what, but that is what police are saying. There's no cell phone data or any other trace of where Sierra went after that night. So the following weekend, Xavier was back in Indiana, and he filed a missing persons report. He said Sierra left their house around 10 o'clock at night and then just didn't return. The report states she was wearing purple shorts and a black top, even though temperatures were only in the 20s that night in Indiana. She also left behind her cell phone, her purse, credit cards, and belongings. And so when he filed this report, that's the first time the police heard about Sierra missing. And following an investigation, they're now saying she was actually last seen that weekend before back in Georgia. Police
0: have identified Sierra's husband as a person of interest in this case. There aren't any charges in this case, but as you mentioned, he is behind bars in connection with a different case. Can you tell us about those
1: charges? Right. So this has all come about around the same time. Investigators, when they got this missing persons report, looked at Xavier Breeland, found out that he was a fugitive, wanted in Noonan, Georgia, charged in Noonan with the aggravated stalking of his ex-wife. So she is the mother of his five-year-old child. Noonan is about an hour and a half south of Johns Creek, south of Atlanta. And that, again, is where Sierra was last seen at her mother-in-law's house. We don't know a whole lot more about that aggravated stalking case, but they put him behind bars. When he filed that missing persons report and they started looking at him, they discovered those charges. So he was taken into custody. At the same time, they identified him as a person of interest in his wife's disappearance. And he'll be extradited back to Georgia on those charges.
0: We're coming up on a month now since Sierra Breland was last seen. Her family and friends are obviously very concerned in speaking out about the case. Are there searches taking
1: place in Georgia or Indiana or both? Yes, and most of those are taking place in Georgia. I, I will say that her former sister-in-law has spoken to WXIA in Atlanta. She remains close to the family. She has stated that Sierra and Xavier have had a very troubled relationship so the family is really, again, going to Georgia. They, they've they had search crews out. They've been passing out flyers, looking for homes, businesses that have security cameras that might have recorded video of Sierra and or her husband. Uh, this was in a neighborhood with other homes around. And so the hope is really that there's some cameras that might have caught some evidence or trace a, a, of, of her around that time that she was there. They are also making public pleas to Xavier's mother to offer her help. Again, that's where they were staying uh, in, in this town of Johns Creek in Georgia, at her house. And they've asked her publicly just to offer up any information she might have. So far, our understanding is she hasn't said anything publicly.
0: You mentioned that Sierra and Xavier had their five-month-old baby with them when they went to Georgia. Where is the child now?
1: So when Xavier was taken into custody, the baby was placed in the care of the state. But there's an effort underway to get that five-month-old baby back to Georgia and into the care of Sierra's family. And really, Sierra's family is confident that she wouldn't just walk out on her family, and most importantly, her five-month-old baby. One final note, there is currently a $10,000 reward in the case. Anyone with information can call police in Johns Creek, Georgia. And the FBI are also now involved in the investigation.
0: It's a mom with a young child and as a mom, I can't imagine leaving behind my, my baby. So, yes, we're taking it very seriously, as is the police department up in Indiana. And, you know, we're concerned, we're looking for it's. It's not normal for somebody to walk away without any kind of contact.
1: Earlier this week, a nurse in Atlanta pleaded guilty to charges related to the death of an 89-year-old man back in 2014. Reed, this is a case that you covered on our weekly podcast, True Crime Chronicles, a little while back. Fill us in on the background.
0: Yeah, well, this is a case that I know has really stuck with me since we covered it all the way back on episode 75 of True Crime Chronicles, which was titled Death in a Nursing Home back in the fall of 2020. And we heard about this case from 11 Alive investigative reporter Andy Parati. It all started in 2014 when an 89-year-old man, a military veteran named James Dempsey, admitted himself to a nursing home, the Northeast Atlanta Health and Rehabilitation Center, uh, following a surgery. And this was not a situation where he planned on staying there indefinitely. He was 89 years old, but other than that, he was in good health and he was planning to go back home after he recovered. His family even says they purchased a special van and a hospital bed for after he recovered to the point that he could go home. But Dempsey, unfortunately, never made it home. On February 27, 2014, while he was at this facility, he started complaining to some of the nursing home staff about his heart and about breathing troubles. And instead of checking his vitals, staff members just told him to stop pressing the call button, and then they left him alone. A nursing assistant then later noticed Dempsey was unresponsive, and at that point, the nurse, Lois Adjimin, returned to the room But instead of starting CPR, she left again for an hour to check if Dempsey had requested a DNR, a do not resuscitate order. And when she finally confirmed that he had not requested that, she still didn't start CPR. She didn't try to save his life. And in fact, she and another nurse only started CPR right before paramedics were arriving. And we wouldn't know about any of this if not for the fact that Dempsey's family had hidden a camera in the room that captured everything.
1: DeKalb County Prosecutor Gene Canavan in court earlier this month.
0: He's saying, I'm desperate. I need help. Um, and Ms. Ogben comes in, and she basically tells him there's nothing wrong with him. What Lloyd's argument said to him was, there's nothing wrong with your heart. Turn off that call button.
1: Reed, I remember when you covered this previously, and it's just it's really shocking footage that 11 Alive in Atlanta was able to get a hold of during their investigation back in 2017, where we see this man gasping for air, calling for help six times before he goes unconscious. How do the nurses and staff members explain what happened? Andy Parati learned that there had been a civil
0: case and was actually able to get a hold of video depositions from that civil case where the staff members talked about that day And this was before those staff members even knew that the hidden camera video existed. And their accounts didn't really line up with what the video showed. And there's even a point in the video where you can hear staff members laughing. And in the video depositions, when the hidden camera video was eventually brought up, Nurse Wanda Knuckles was asked what was so funny. And and she said she couldn't really remember what was happening at that point. And, And... all the experts that 11 Alive spoke to during their investigation said that what they saw in the video was not appropriate, that there were several violations of care shown in the video. The nursing facility was made aware of the video's existence in 2015, and the nurses in the video were eventually fired, but, but not for another 10 months. And then it was actually 11 Alive's investigation that brought attention back to what happened.
1: Reed, you mentioned there was a civil case, but there were, of course, criminal charges filed eventually as well. Right. Following Eleven
0: Alive's investigation in 2017, Brookhaven Police launched an investigation in 2018, and the DeKalb County DA ended up indicting all three women in the video. So two nurses, Lois Adjimin and Wanda Knuckles, as well as a certified nurse assistant named Mabel Turman. Adjimin of the three was facing the most serious charge, which was a felony murder charge. And then after that, there was this drawn out legal fight over whether or not that hidden camera footage could be used in the case. Ultimately, the Georgia Supreme Court ruled that it could, and that decision, according to 11 Alive, has created case law that now makes it legal for families to place hidden cameras in their loved one's nursing home rooms. Then in February of this year, Mabel Terman pleaded guilty to concealing the death of another, to neglect of an elder person and depriving an elder person of essential services, and for that, she was sentenced to five years of probation, Wanda Knuckles, one of the nurses who's charged with depriving an elder person of essential services and concealing the death of another, was offered a plea agreement as well that would have put her behind bars for a year. But this week, she declined that plea agreement, and she's now scheduled to go to trial next week. And of course, the biggest news here is that the other nurse, Lois Adjiman, accepted a plea agreement offered to her.
1: So Adjiman was, as you mentioned, facing the most serious charge, a charge of felony murder. Tell us about the plea deal. Lois
0: pleaded guilty to charges of involuntary manslaughter, neglect to an elder person, and concealing a death, and her sentence is eight years in prison. Now, that's certainly less than she would have faced if she were to be convicted on that felony murder charge, which that could have carried a potential life sentence. So we're finally seeing this kind of, uh, of reach an end eight years after James Dempsey died, And again, this case has had a broader impact on the nursing home industry. That Supreme Court ruling to allow hidden cameras to be placed in nursing homes is huge, and it'll hopefully lead to better care being provided and and for families to be able to get more transparency about the care that their loved ones are receiving when they're not around to to make sure that they're getting that care. And as I mentioned, Andy Parati and the reveal team at Eleven Alive have been the ones pursuing this story, and it's a story that might have gone away without the public knowing about it, if not for them. And I highly recommend listening to our episode of True Crime Chronicles, episode 75, to hear Andy talk about the case, how he was able to get all of this footage and and tracking all of that down. And also, I recommend checking out all of his coverage at 11alive.com. Since the hearing this week, he has spoken with James Dempsey's family, and he talked about their reaction on air.
1: Well, Dempsey's family was not in the hearing today, but they do tell me over the phone that They are glad that this is all over, and they hope that this sends a message that the next time that something like this happens, that facilities and nurses take it seriously and do not ignore someone just because they're elderly. All right, Reed, thanks for bringing us that story. Of course, we are here five days a week, Monday through Friday, with The Daily Crime. You can also check out our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles, and if you haven't already, Please give a listen to Killer Cases, hosted by veteran investigative journalist Brian Ross. For The Daily Crime, I'm Will Johnson, along with Reed Redman.